Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We all said amen, amen. I want to just start off by saying something this morning, and then I want to actually get into just the beginning of the book of Revelation and just show you something that I feel like the Lord you know, has been talking to me about for our church specifically. So Ella, when you prayed that this morning in pre-service prayer, I was crying in the back because I really believe that um, these words that have been coming every Sunday have just been so strategic by the Lord. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit that just gives our church words in due season that's just carving our path forward. Amen. You know, we don't have to be like, you know, people holding machetes in the, not the forest, in the jungle, you know, got it right this time, um, and, you know, in, in the jungle, but the Lord is actually preparing the way before us this season. Um, but before I get into that, I want to say this to you and just to encourage you, and I believe that these are days of glory. I truly believe that we are living in days of glory, church, and, and I'm going to say these things out loud because we need to be awake and we need to be aware of what God is doing this season so that we can begin to adopt what the Lord is doing in our church this season. These are days of glory, church. These are days that we need to be set apart for what God wants to do. These are days, church, of the Holy Spirit. These are days of breakthrough. Can I get an amen? These are days of healing. Can I get an amen? These are days of increased anointing. Can I get an amen? These are days of augmented authority. These are days of reconciliation. These are days of peace. These are days of restoration. These are days of the refining fire of God. These are days of repentance. These are days of holiness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that'll be next week's message. And this is my whole heart here. These are days of the sons returning. No, these are days of the fathers returning to their sons. These are days of the sons returning to their fathers the name of Jesus. These are days of truth and grace being revealed. These are days of Holy Spirit and revelation and wisdom. These are days, church, of his kingdom come. Amen? I believe that. I believe Sarah's holding her hand. Sister, I'm holding your hand, and we are in agreement this morning, and we said amen. But I want to start in the book of Revelation this morning, so if you have a Bible or anything, um, that could be like a Bible, an electronic device. I have my Bible. I have not gotten readers yet for all of those who know I need glasses. I keep telling myself, get readers, and I keep forgetting. And uh, just had a little bit on the plate lately, but that's okay. We're getting through it. We're getting through school. We are getting through it. <laughs> Four more weeks. Four more weeks. It's good. Um, but the church, like I said, on a whole has been on my heart. It's been so strong on my heart. In the last few weeks in worship, the Lord has just been speaking to me more about the love of God in our church specifically and speaking to me about the DNA and the identity of our church. So I believe what the Lord is, is speaking to us today is a word of identity so that we are aware of part of a huge part of who we are as a church so that we can begin to wear our calling as a church like a holy garment 
and put it on so that we're intentionally and strategically walking into these days that the Lord has for us. But the church has been on my heart. And uh, so the Lord just began to lead me into the book of Revelation. Okay, so there's seven churches talked about at the beginning of the book of Revelations. And these were major these were major churches. These were major players, okay, in the early church. But as I was studying, so I was like, I'm going to read all seven books. And guess what? So this isn't new. I'm rereading this, okay? So don't think this is the first time I've ever read on the seven churches in Revelation, okay? But as I'm rereading it, the, you know, so the Lord's led me into rereading it. I started at the church of Ephesus, okay? I haven't got past it. Because as I read the church of Ephesus, I'm like, this is our church, I think this is our church right here. Okay, so we're going to read, read through it. But before we read through it, I wanted to just give you a little bit of background on Ephesus, okay? So Ephesus was founded by, by Paul, or the church of Ephesus was founded by Paul. And just to give you some background of the city, that Ephesus was a vibrant and hopping place, okay? In an old worldly sense, it was the place to be. It was a wealthy place. It was an industrious place. Uh, spiritually, though, there was a lot of mixture in, in, in the church of Ephesus, okay? So, like, in, the, in, in Ephesus, like, Christianity, cool. Paganism, cool. Occult, cool. All three together, cool. Not cool, right? Not cool, okay? But yet, this is an amazing thing. In the soil of that city of Ephesus, okay, the church still began to grow and multiply. And that gave me hope for the church today, in the soil of the world today, that the church will continue to grow, the church will continue to advance, and the church will continue to multiply. That's good news, church. That's good news. It's good news. So it says in Revelation 2, 1 to 7, I'm going to read out of the New Living. We got it, Jaden? It says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars. Okay, so in, you know, in, in the Greek, it'll say the seven stars are angels. But in Barclay's commentary, he said this. He said that, he said, um, who holds the seven stars? He said, God is holding you. He's holding our church and every church across the planet in his hands. Thank God. Amen in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. The seven golden lampstands are the church, okay? So for us to be aware that even in these days that God is walking in and among our church, that God is here in our church today. And like I said on Wednesday night, there's angels in our church with us today. But as God walks among our church and every church throughout the globe, guess what? He's walking like one who doesn't grow weary. God is not growing weary of walking with his church this season. God is not growing weary of walking ahead of you this season, church. Helping make crooked paths straight. Help making rough places smooth. That's good news. Come on, let's give thanks to Jesus. That's good news. So verse 2 says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, okay? So remember, I felt like this was our church, okay? So you have to remember that. Okay, so John wrote this book, okay? He was on, he was on the aisle in the aisle, on the aisle, not like an aisle, but like an I-S-L-E aisle, okay, a Patmos, okay? And, and he's writing this for the church, and he's saying, I know your deeds, okay, this is the Lord speaking to us, your hard work, Hope City, and your perseverance. Thank you, God. He's saying, Hope City, I know your deeds, I know your hard work, and I know your perseverance. You know, church, there's a glory 
to be found in the pushing through and hardships. There's a greater glory to be found in pushing through the hardships because we're not pushing through in our own strength, that we are pushing through with our faces surrendered to the floor, saying not to us, but to your name be the glory. We don't know how it's going to happen, Jesus, but you will make it happen. And there's a glory of God that's revealed through that. And then it goes on to say, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. Verse 3 says, you have persevered, Hope City, and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Thank you, God. Okay. Verse 4 says, yet, I hold this against you. Okay. So I'm going to add some stuff to this. So don't feel condemned this morning. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Okay. Some translations will say you, uh, your first love. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do these things you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from your place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So the Nicolaitans were like that mixture, okay? So the Nicolaitans were like Christianity, cool. Paganism, cool. The occult, cool. I'm going to serve Jesus and I'm going to serve the devil all at the same time. Okay? And they thought that it was okay, but we know that it's not okay. And on that note, I just want to add, and this wasn't in my notes, we got to be set apart, church, for the glory of God, okay? We need to be aware that there is an agenda. Okay, I'm not here to preach about agendas, okay? But for all those apps that you have on your TV where you watch TV from, okay, I have been aware, and maybe you have been aware in these last even few months of the agenda, don't think that there is a push. The Bible says in Romans 16, 19, be excellent at what is good, be innocent of evil. I'm almost in that place where I might just have to shut the TV off because there's just nothing good anymore. There's nothing good anymore. But we have to be careful what we allow in our hearts, okay? So those are the Nicolaitans. But we know that Jesus is the way and the truth and life, so that's not you guys. We're good. Okay, verse 7 says, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I felt strongly that the Lord is pleased with our church. As I was praying for our church this week, I felt strongly the Lord was saying, I'm very pleased with Hope City. He said, I'm pleased for your commitment to persevere in the past seasons and trials. I'm, I'm pleased at your commitment to righteousness and obedience. I'm pleased at your separation of things from the world. I'm pleased at your commitment to faithfulness. I'm pleased, church, with your purity and your desire for holiness. I'm really pleased in your love for me and your love for one another. And in fact, I hear the Spirit of God saying, church, keep doing what you're doing. Church, keep doing what you're doing. But I heard this, turn it up. Turn it up. Turn up the praise. Turn up the teaching of the word of God. Turn up the coming together. Turn up the living all for Jesus. Turn up the perseverance. Turn up your love for God and turn up your love for one another. So go back to, if we go back to Revelation 2, 4, it says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you first had or your first love. I did not believe, okay, I want to make this clear. I did not believe that this was a word of correction for our church today. But I do believe that it was a word of, like, be aware, because this church just seems so much like our church, and the DNA of this church was love. 
You see love all through this church. And what I felt like what the Lord was saying, you need to say this to the church so that we walk as wise in this season, that we realize that God is doing something unusual in the house and for us to be aware of it so that we continue to grow in our love for God and one another. Amen? I believe that the love of God is just so intertwined into the DNA in our church and that if we will continue on this trajectory that that love is going to grow. And in fact, in worship last week, I was saying, you know, people pray for signs, people pray for wonders, people pray for miracles. When what I really believe that we need to be doing is separating ourselves to the love of God because when we're full of God's love, what happens? What happens? Jesus happens when we are full of the love of God. What does the Bible say over and over in the Gospels? Jesus was moved with. I'm so thankful I'm in a Bible-believing church. Jesus was moved with. I'm going to say it again. Jesus was moved with. And Hope City will be filled with. Hope City is filled with. And through the Compassion Church, the miracles flow. The life flows, the healing flows, the restoration flows, the reconciliation flows. We don't have to try to make anything happen when Jesus Christ is alive and living in our hearts, church, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Isabel, lives and dwells in you, and it brings life to your body, it brings life to your friend's body, and everybody else you meet. Can I get an amen, church? I believe that this is a holy nudge word from the Lord today for us to say, church, this is your identity, love. Church, this is your DNA, love. Your identity, church, is to be rooted in me, your first love. Church, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, God, for that affirmation this morning. Church, keep loving me with all your heart. Church, keep growing and keep coming together. Keep loving one another as I have loved you. And then the last thing he said, and don't stop. Don't you love it when the Lord speaks? And don't stop. First love. He's to be our first love. How many people have been married for one year or less in the house? Anyone? Oh, two years or less, anyone, Bueller, you're over two years? Oh, you guys are getting old, three, she's like three, three years or less, any new people dating in the house? Remember first love moments? First love moments, I actually asked the guys, I think I'm going to have them play a song, you guys want to hear a little bit of Jake and I's dating life? You know, we've been singing this new song, and, and I was just, hold on a sec, I was really apprehensive. <laughs> I was really apprehensive about singing it. You know, um, guys, I'm really trying hard, but I'm just going to put this here. Um, that song we sing, You Save Me. And we sang it at a young adults night, and it just went off. I actually never saw a song sung the first time. <laughs> the girls were like, yeah, it did. And I was like, the Lord's like, you need to sing that on Sunday, like last week. And I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I shouldn't call the Lord man. Maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and I said, okay, whatever you want. Because when we're singing, and, and maybe some of you felt this way, like what is this song that they're singing in church? 
I'm in love, I cannot remember. I sound like I can't sing. What, what, how did the song go? I'm in love, I cannot remember what I was. Ah, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And I've just been thinking about first love moments. First love moments are so special. And I just feel so strongly that the Lord is wanting us to bring us into a first love season, into the place of his glory, where we fall in love with Jesus again. Okay, so you want a little bit of me and Jake? Okay, so I want to say something to you about Pastor Jake. We started dating when we were like 10, so we have been together for 100 years. Okay, so we celebrated 25 years of being married last month or the month before. So we've been together a long time, as you can tell. Um, but Pastor Jake, Jake, I just really wish I had a note to read. Yeah, he loved to write notes, and I think I might have shared this a few years ago when we were at the MCA, but he loved to write notes, like a lot, like all heart. He's all heart. He's all heart. Okay. So there was this one season in our young years, probably like 14, um, that he made me a mixtape. No, it's nothing bad. He made me a mixtape. Yeah, and there was this old Michael W. Smith song. So, Jaden, can you... <laughs> can, you can you cue it to about one minute in? Because we're not going to listen to the whole song. Okay? It's so cute. He's so cute. You're always roasting me. I'm not roasting you. I'm just trying to make a point here, pal. So about one minute in, this is Michael W. Smith, circa early 1990s, I guess, 89. How old are we? Oh my gosh, jeez. Do you know when you're like, you're doing those things online and you have to scroll down for the year you were born? I'm like scrolling down far now, okay? Like, when did that happen? Okay, you got it? Keep it going. This is the best part. I love this part. If I could only read your mind, tell me the answer I would find. Do you dream of me? And when you're smiling in your sleep, beyond the promises we keep, do you dream of me? Okay, that's good. That's good. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Jake. Ah, young love. <laughs> young love. Um, but I, I really believe that the Lord, I don't believe we're heading into a season of glory. I believe we're in that season. Let's say it again. I don't believe this is something we're heading into. I really believe that this is something that we're in. And if you've been watching, you'd, you'd literally have to be blind not to notice what God is doing this season. And we need to be mindful and we need to be intentional and, and not take this lightly um, to realize that our DNA, well, that we are to be connected to our first love, Jesus Christ, and that our DNA as a church 
is love. So for our DNA in the church to be love, God's love in us is God's love through us. Can I say that again? God's love in us is God's love through us. And one of the things that came up Wednesday night was, God picked you before you picked him. Aren't you so glad? We don't have to be standing in the back of the crowd saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. He's like, I picked you when I was on the cross because you were the joy that was set before me. So our identity church in our DNA is love. So let's go to the book of Ephesians, okay? So this was the church of Ephesus, and the Apostle Paul wrote this book. I love Ephesians so much. And, um, yeah, you can, just, you can just hear Paul's heart for the, for the church at Ephesus. They were his whole heart, his whole heart. And he, he wrote this book. Actually, it'll say that he was in prison, but I, he was at, under house arrest. So he wrote this in a house while he was a prisoner for the Lord. He didn't say prisoner of Rome. He said prisoner of the Lord, if you read it in the Bible. That was the narrative that he chose to believe. But Ephesians 3, verse 14, we're going to read. When I think of all of this, I'm reading in the New Living, okay? He said, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. When's the last time we just fell to our knees and we prayed to our Father? The creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited sources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So remember that Paul is writing this to the church at Ephesus, okay? So remember that when I'm reading this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him, church, that your roots would grow down in God's love and keep you strong. Then he said this, may you have power to understand. Oh, I miss it out. Power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Church, may you experience the love of Jesus Christ, though it is too great to understand fully that you would be made complete with all of the fullness of the life and power that comes from God. Okay, so remember that Paul wasn't just speaking this to one person. He was speaking it to the church at Ephesus. He was speaking it to all of us, okay? So one of the keys to being a first love church, if I can say it like that, and Josiah, that'll be probably the, the title of this week, first love church, is to understand this passage. And if we go look at these scriptures, it says, it says that our source of supernatural strength and power are to be are found is we're rooted deeply in the love of God. Church, that is your place of strength. That is your place of power. Church, that is your secret sauce. If I can say it like that, that's your secret sauce, the love of God, okay? And to know this fullness is to know it together. This is a big point that I want to make, okay? So I'm going to read this out of the English Standard Version, okay? This is where we switch, okay, Jaden? In verse 18, it says, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Let's say all the saints. Look at the person next to you and say, that's you. Look at the other person and say, that's you too. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you would be filled with all the fullness of the love of God. I love this passage. I loved it when I was young. I'd be like, whoo. And then I got older and I really understand what it meant. And I was like, oh. Yeah. You get it. You get it. I don't believe that we can fully know the love of God in isolation. Let me say it again. 
I don't believe that we can fully know and comprehend the fullness of the love of God in isolation. You want to learn more about the love of God? Get married. <laughs> high fives. Just like I'm going to high five that. It's good. But do you know another place to grow in the fullness of the love of God? We want fullness, don't we? You want fullness? I want fullness. Ain't anybody like, I don't want love. Okay, weirdo, you're not being honest. We were created for love. You were created to live in love. You were created to give away love. That's one of the reasons why we love coming to church, because you feel loved. We sing songs together in unity, and you feel in unison. We feel the love of God, don't we? You feel it, and you're like, if I could just hold on to this. We cannot experience, I don't believe fully, the love of Jesus Christ without being together in community, in unity. Marriage is an amazing place to learn the love of Jesus Christ. But it's in the coming together. It's in the serving one another. It's in the sacrifice. It's in the working things out. It's when there's misunderstandings, but we're committed to working that out, okay? and believing the best and walking together that I believe that we come into the fullness of the love of Jesus Christ. See, it says, having strength to comprehend with all the saints. I used to think, oh, Ella's filming me. I was going to get, Beth, come here. Cute little hat. That's like my blue one. That's cute. Yeah. I used to think, we have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Oh, it's going to be awesome. This love Oh, Beth, I love you. We're never going to have a disagreement. We're never going to have a misunderstanding. You're never going to bother me, and I'm never going to bother you. You're never going to hurt me, and I'm never going to hurt you. And then something happens. Oh, Beth, why did you do that to me? Oh, Beth, I thought you were so awesome. I'm being facetious, Beth, okay? We can tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Can I say that again? We can tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. And if we're not careful, this becomes this. Wondering what happened, why it happened, because we didn't understand that our love will actually grow when we stay committed to walking together, sometimes having the tough conversations and working it out. For us to be a first love church, we got to be committed to walking together. We got to be committed to working things out and have the understanding that we're not always going to agree on everything, but what happens when we disagree? What happens when there's something? We go to that person. I go to Beth. I don't go to everybody else and say, did you hear this? Did you see this? That's wrong. It's wrong. You know, it's, it's wrong to talk about people. It's wrong to gossip. It's wrong to slander. The Bible says that we're supposed to go straight to that person and deal with it. This wasn't even in my notes. I don't know why I'm saying it, but perhaps someone needs to hear it, you know, that I shouldn't be like, oh, I don't like Beth. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 3, if you hate your brother and you say you love God, you're a liar. That's not in the Bible, Pastor Jenny. Oh, it sure is. It Well, God just loves me. Well, I don't think he loves your behavior when you act like that, you know? 
that we have to remember, like, the evidence of me being a Christian is my? The evidence of you being a Christian is your? The evidence of our church being a group of believers is our? I love you, Beth. Okay, let's clap for Beth. She's awesome. And she's so cute. She's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> That's the evidence. You know, so we can read passages like this and we skip right past them. Strength to comprehend the saints. We need to put a big pause and think about that, what that looks like, you know, because in first love moments, even in being new to a church, you could be like, oh, this is the best church. This is an amazing church, just full of the love of God. And then something happens, and you're like, that's the worst church. That church isn't full of the love of God, you know? And sometimes we can be praying to the Lord for people not to bother us. You know what? The Lord's more in, in, interested in changing us. The Lord is more interested in changing you than everybody around you. I think you like the song better. Maybe we should put it on again. Okay, so I'm going to go back to this. Okay, so let's look at Ephesians 6, 18 again. Okay, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth? Say breadth. The length. The height. The depth. And then it said that we would know the love of God, that we'd be filled with the fullness of God. Okay, so let's count that. Let's go back to verse 18. So how many things do you see? How many dimensions do you see there? Count All of them. But how many? <laughs> Four. Important. Say important. It's important to notice. And here's why. We live in a three-dimensional world. Yet, Paul is talking about a fourth dimension. We should ask ourselves, why? And what is that? Okay? I believe that that fourth dimension that he's talking about. So when, when we're talking about fourth dimensional, that means like his love, it's not like I'm just looking at it, okay? So this is three, I'm touching it, I'm doing this, okay? What he's saying there is like you become enveloped now in the love of God. That's to know the fullness of God. And I believe that's where we are right now as a church, is that that fourth dimension is the glory of God. Let's say it again. I believe that that fourth dimension is accessed through the glory of God. So, how do we access that dimension? Great question. Glad you asked. Well, it was like what I was talking about with, with Beth. We're having our nani, nani, nani moment. Okay? Don't even ask. Shiny, happy people holding hands, okay? And then something happens, and we're like, I'm out. But I think the Lord is trying to mature us and grow us up to be like, when you get out of that nani, 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 shiny, ho happy people holding hands moments, and something happen happens, because it will. It will. Have you been married for more than two minutes? Something happens, Right? Something happens, right? And then what are you going to do? It's no different in church. Something will happen, right? And then what are you going to do? 
We're going to work it out. And guess what? Beth, come here. Sorry. You're just... So we have this, and then as we forgive one another and we work things out, this nani 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 moment, I don't know. As we work it out, we actually get closer. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's part of what God's glory looks like. For us to draw closer to the Lord this season. For us to draw closer to one another. I'm not prophesying doom and gloom that big things, you're going to get heard in this church. I'm not saying that. But where two or three are gathered, there's people. And for us to be aware that if our identity, and this a huge part of our identity is love in this church and DNA, our DNA is love, that we need to be aware so that we're walking strongly as wise in the love of God so that this is an area that we grow in. Thanks, Beth. You're awesome. Okay, so I'm going to power through this. I think there's deeper places of glory church to be known that are accessed through sacrifice, forgiveness, walking together, giving to one another, staying planted. And I believe this, that it's in the places and spaces of discomfort, the places that crush us and cost us, it's in choosing that crushing and choosing discomfort over self that take us deeper places in the love of God and the glory of God. I want to read this backwards, okay? So I actually read this whole passage backwards and I wrote this. You want to hear it? It says, church, may you experience the love of God and the fullness that you long for that can only come from God. Church, may you have power to understand through walking together, sticking it out and forgiving one another as mature believers should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep God's love really is. This is the place of love and this is your place of anointing. Church, as you stay devoted to loving God and one another, may your roots grow even deeper in God's love. This is your superpower and supernatural source of strength and surety for you in these evil days. Church, within this love of God, his empowerment and strength that's far beyond the natural human strength of this world, it will sustain you, church. This love will heal you. I want to say this again. This love will sustain you. And this love will heal you. I'm going to say it again. This love will sustain you. And this love will heal you. Some of you are praying for healing and God's like, forgive them. Some of us are praying for healing and and the Lord is saying, forgive them. Let it go. That's going to be your healing. Restore you, bring life and restoration. Church, this love is limitless. Say limitless. And will never run out for you. This is the love you were born to live in. Some of us so long for connection. You long for connection? I long for connection. Who longs for connection? We long for intimacy. I'm not talking about weird intimacy, okay? I have an intimacy with Jake that I will not have with anybody else. But you know, that closeness with one another. It's in the love of God. This love changes us. This kind of love will open your eyes to see things. This is the love that healed blind eyes. Church, you were born to live in the love of God. 
I didn't know how this message was going to come out, but now I'm quite clear that the Lord is speaking specifically to some of us today about the church. You know one of the things I love about church? You want to hear it? We don't get to pick our people. You guys are so funny. You don't get to pick your people. You're like, yeah, I did. Yeah, well, God will trick you, and then you'll have people in your life that you didn't pick. But it's in that place where God's beauty really can exist. I can say that in Jake and I's relationship that there's a beauty that exists after 25 years that wasn't there. Any marrieds agree? Any marrieds agree? Yeah, <laughs> Terry. He's like afraid to move his hand that the, the camera might fall off. There's a beauty in our marriage that wasn't there 25 years ago because there was a lot of forgiveness. There was a lot of working it out. There was a lot of tough stuff that we had gone through, but we committed through the nani, 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 and through the shiny, happy people. Hold, they're still looking at me like I'm weird when I say that. Holding hands. <laughs> holding hands, you know, and just saying that we're, we're in this, that God's glory and his beauty was able to be revealed God is calling us to be his church in this hour. And I want to say this, the glory of God, do you understand what the glory of God? The glory of God is not a woo-hoo thing. I'm going to say that again. The glory of God is not a woo-hoo thing. The glory of God is a transformational thing. And one of the things I believe that the Lord is saying to his church on a whole is to just not be worshiping on the outer courts, but we got to go deeper we got to go deeper. Why do we have to go deeper and further? Because it's the place of transformation that we can't stay like this to go up to, to live the days that God has for us. We must go deeper this season, church. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 3.18, you don't have to put, up, put it up, Jaden, but it says, for the Lord is a spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Say freedom. It says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. How are we going to be the first, a first love church? We're going to be committed to the presence of God. We're going to be a church that surrenders to God. Because we don't just know Jesus as our Savior, but we know Jesus as our Lord because we understand that our lives belong to him. We're going to be a church that's committed to loving one another. We're going to live humbly with open hearts and open hands. We're going to be a church committed to forgiveness because we refuse to hold on to things and we're quick to release it. Say quick. Say I'm quick to release it. We're going to be a church that's committed to speaking well of one another. Come on. Gossip, accusation, slander has no place for a believer. If the world knows that we're Christians by our love, we're going to be a church that's going to continue to be faithful because we're giving back faithfulness to the Lord out of his faithfulness for us. We're a church that refuses to be fault finders. Say it again. We're going to be a church that refuses to be fault finders. It's really easy to sit around and be like, they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't do this, they don't do that. You know what? We're supposed to be grace seekers and mercy givers. 
We're called to be grace seekers and mercy givers. You want mercy in your life? You better be sowing some mercy. Oh, my goodness. We're going to be a church that's committed to loving God with our everything. So some super, it's just some practicals here. And we can stand up and the worship team can come back up. Church. Now, I love our church. Like, I love our church. I love inviting people to our church. Um, I love what God's doing this season, and I'm thankful for it. And it's not something that Pastor Jake or any of the leadership we take for granted. Can you see that God is moving, church? Can you see it? Can you feel it? Church isn't always going to be the most comfortable place. Let's sing make room. They're like probably wondering what they're going to sing. but Church isn't always going to be the most wonderful, or it will be the most wonderful place, comfortable place. And I was thinking yesterday, and I had a laugh, and I ran down to Jake's office because apparently I thought it was funny. I said, church is kind of like a cactus. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I'd, I should have brought a cactus today. It can kind of be like that some seasons. But there's grace. But there's grace. And I believe that if we can com be committed to loving God and through that love that we experience with the Father, that we're able to fully love one another, that we can forgive one another, that we can work through misunderstandings, that we can work through fears, disappointment, and I believe that's where his glory is revealed through the church. Church, some practicals. When you get upset with someone, go talk to them. Go talk to them, not everybody else. Remember that people are rarely wicked. They're just weak, like you, like you. Church, and I've already said this, God isn't interested in changing everyone around us so they don't bother us. He's interested in changing me. God is interested in having a relationship with us so that we can grow and be changed and look more like him. There's no justification in the Bible or on this planet for us not to forgive someone. We're called to love big and we're called to love well. Do you guys know our mission statement at Hope City? Is anybody wearing a hoodie today? Oh, Jacob, you want to take it off? Not, don't take the hoodie off. Keep your clothes on, buddy. Keep your clothes on. Yeah, just come up here. You probably can't read this from there, but just stay back. What does it say? You want to? I can't see it. <laughs> that people would know the unfailing love of God and have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you. So Jesus, we lift our hands to you this morning. And we thank you for a word of identity. Lord, that we could be the church that you're calling us to be, a church that walks closely with you, a church that's committed to loving one another. Lord, I thank you that this is a church that, that doesn't have any walls, Lord Jesus, and we're committed to loving everybody in our cities, Lord, everyone in our families. 
like you've called us to love them. Lord, we receive your love this morning, a love that's high, a love that's rich, a love that's deep, a love that's pure, a love that's strong, Lord Jesus. God, so that we could be the sons and daughters that you have called us to be. God, I thank you that you're calling us into your glory this season, God, and we are quick to go with you into those deeper waters this season, Lord Jesus, that we will open up our heart and make room for you and what you want to do, God, that we will not be afraid, but we will push through the barriers of our heart, even in times when we're uncomfortable, when we're uncomfortable and, and we might not want to walk closer with someone. Holy Spirit, would you correct our hearts so that we walk closely with one another? Jesus, God, I thank you for healing to flow through this house. God, I thank you for your mercy to flow through this house. Lord Jesus, God, I thank you that this is a holy and healthy place where your glory can reside. God, I thank you that this is a safe house where people can feel like this is their home and people can feel like they belong, Lord Jesus, that this is a house of belonging with you and belonging with one another. God, I thank you that this is a house that's committed to raising up families, that this is a house that loves people well. Just lift your hands to Jesus this morning. Say, Jesus, Jesus, I ask you for an anointing. I ask you, come on, boldly, for an anointing to love people well. Jesus, if there's any areas of my heart that need healing this morning that would stop me from loving people well, heal my heart. Heal my heart like only you can do. In Jesus' name. You know, there's this term in psychology, and it's called exposure therapy. When it's uncomfortable to walk, come in, come here, Ella, I'm going to pick on you. If it's uncomfortable to walk with someone, and I'm not saying in a weird way, there you go. If you have a hard, let me say this. If, if you have a hard time being close to people, but you know the Lord is calling you to walk closer with some people, I want to challenge you this morning in the name of Jesus to say, when you feel that discomfort, say, Lord, I ask you for a grace to love. Lord, I ask you for the barriers and walls in my heart to go down because I know that you called me to walk with people and not to just allow them, or not for me just to get to know them, but to allow them to get to know me. God, would you make me comfortable with the transparency and the vulnerability so that greater trust could be established in Jesus' name? That's what exposure therapy is. I've had to do it a million times in my life, and man, that's the cactus that I'm talking about. feels like a cactus. But if we can get to the other side of that, there's a beauty and a glory and a love and healing to be revealed through that. Jesus, let your love flow through this house. Jesus, let your love flow through this church. Jesus, let your healing love flow through your people. Jesus, let your healing power flow through your people in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands. If you want an anointing for this, just lift your hands to Jesus this morning. There's just a strong anointing this morning. Just lift your hands to Jesus. 
The Bible says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men would see visions, and your old men would dream dreams. The Bible says that the, the, the latter days, the glory would be greater on the house than the beginning days. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus, we ask you for this anointing. Lord Jesus, we enlarge in our hearts this morning, Jesus, to be refusers to draw back, but to be quick to draw close, to walk close with others, Lord Jesus, that your healing, anointing, and virtue would flow. So I say this morning in the name of Jesus, let it flow. Let it flow. Say that. Say, let it flow. Let it flow. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.